What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie and TV show of all time. I am Matt Primo, and yes, you did hear me correctly. I did say greatest TV show of all time, because here at Surfing the Stream, we are changing things up a little bit, and hopefully for the better. So, in the past, I have always done two reviews a week. Uh, over the last several weeks, I've been not really doing those, mainly because I just haven't found the inspiration to to want to do it, the motivation to go out there and just pick a random movie that everybody's going to kind of like and give my thoughts on it and whatnot. And I just I was getting kind of tired of doing the whole director, budget, starring, all the, the fun facts and whatnot. It was just, it, it was getting tedious for me. So I didn't want to do it. And then also I have those reviews with Josh every week where we do the B-rated movies, the new releases, all, all those types of movies. That is still going to happen. We are still going to be reviewing movies, new releases, anything and everything. Josh and I will be mainly doing that every single week. That will not change. But what will change is I am no longer going to be reviewing uh, movies by myself. I will be doing TV shows. So TV shows will be voted on by our Patreon supporters through our Discord channel, which you can get by going to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. Support us at any of those tiers. We'll get you access to a whole bunch of different content, exclusive podcasts, exclusive segments, and exclusive voting rights. You get to pick the content you want to listen to each and every week. You'll be able to vote for the next TV show. So if that's something that you want to be a part of, then patreon.com slash two game. We would love to have your support. But either way, we appreciate you clicking on this episode and just listening to us talk about TV shows and movies every single week. Uh, you can also go check out my brother Josh. Uh, he has a YouTube channel where he does uh, truck driving videos. Uh, he does rants. Uh, what the fuck Wednesdays where he, t he shows you uh, what cars do in front of him. It's all recorded and whatnot. You can find him at semi-crazy on YouTube. Uh, go like, share, subscribe to him, all that good stuff. Well, we would greatly appreciate that as well. But shout out to our $20 tier supporters, Carmen Paradixio, Eric Hernandez, Sharon Petrie, Lindsey Humble, Michael King, Brian Slash, Corey Costa, Casey Pye, and Christina Lambeau. We appreciate y'all supporting us at that $20 tier every single month. Without y'all, we'd not be able to do this, so thank you so much. All right, guys, that's enough of the whole, you know, ads and Patreon stuff. Let, let's get into what we are doing with these new episodes and what we were reviewing today. So, like I said, I was getting tired of doing movies by myself, so we're doing something that was voted for overwhelmingly, and that was to start doing reviews for TV series. And the first one that got voted on was The Witcher. I am reviewing all of the episodes in Witcher Season 1, and that'll be its own little series. So up until the final episode of Season 1, and those episodes will be broken up into smaller little episodes, little, little reviews, uh, so you can digest them easily and kind of follow along with me as well. But this episode, we are reviewing episodes 1, 2, and 3 of the first season of The Witcher. So if you have not seen the Witcher season one, then I highly recommend just going and check it out and and maybe watch like the first episode and come back to this and and kind of hear my review and my thoughts on the first episode and whatnot. Or you can just listen to all three episodes and see if it's something that you might enjoy and then go check it out. You can find it on Netflix. It is a Netflix original show uh, and that's the only place you can find it. 
So if you don't have a Netflix account or you don't have someone else's password, then I guess you're SOL, maybe? Uh, anyways, let's jump into how we are going to do these reviews. So I'm going to break it up. I'm going to talk about episode one. I'm going to give you the basically the beat-to-beat of what's going on in each episode. I'm not going to spend, sit here and spend 15, 20 minutes trying to talk about one particular episode, but I do want to go through and kind of give you a summary of what's going on in every episode. And as we're doing that, or maybe at the end of that, I will give you my journalized thoughts of that particular episode, and then I will give it a, a rating on a 10 scale. So my plan is, once we have made our way through every single episode and then the final episode of season one, I will also do a comprehensive review of the entire season. I am actually going to add up all these scores and just give it an average. And that's how I'm going to get my average. So it's not like I give a bunch of sevens and then it's like, oh, well, season was great, an eight. That doesn't really make any sense. So I'm going to add them all up and it's it's super nerdy, but you know what? It's whatever, okay? I, I enjoy it and that's what matters, right? So let's talk about episode number one, the end's beginning. So first off, I'm going to start with what happened in this episode, give you a whole brief summary on it. Uh, following Geralt of Rivia's battle with a Kikamora in 1231, he enters the town of Blaviken and meets Renfri, a cursed princess turned bandit. She is hunted by this wizard, uh, Stregobor, who believes her evil for being born during an eclipse. Uh, Stregobor lures Geralt to his hideout, seeking to hire him to kill Renfri, uh, but Geralt refuses. Renfri later uh, offers Geralt a counterproposal, but he refuses with an ultimatum, leave or die. In 1263, Nilfgaard conquers the northern kingdom of Sintra. Uh, Princess Cirilla, or Ciri, is sent away by her grandmother, Queen Calantha, to, dis- to escape and find Geralt. A Nilfgaardian officer captures Ciri, but seeing the burning city and castle triggers her powers, allowing her to escape. Renfri feigns uh, agreement, but upon waking up the next morning, Geralt realizes Renfri will not stop until Stregobor is dead, and he rushes to stop her. After killing her men, he fights and fatally wounds Renfri, whose dying words tell of a girl in the forest who is his eternal destiny. Stregobor arrives to take Renfri's body for autopsy. When Geralt opposes, the townsfolk force him to leave, uh, urged on by Stregobor. This first episode is based on the lesser evil from the book The Last Wish. So that's just a little recap of, of episode one. What do I think of it? Guys, I think this is a it's a solid episode to, to start off this series. I think they didn't really jump in head first with this because, look, you, you read some of the books and you, you play the games, The Witcher 3, which is one of the best games of all time. Uh, you have an understanding of what's going on. But for the general audience, like just like random Joe Schmoes who have never read the books or even played a video game in their life, they don't know anything about the Witcher. They don't know anything about Geralt. They don't know anything about magic and, and werewolves and Striga and all, all kinds of monsters and whatnot. So I, I think they did such a great job of kind of easing you on into it, shout out, and not making it feel overwhelming with all the lore and you know you you just don't sit there and go oh my god what what is going on this doesn't feel convoluted whatsoever in this particular episode and i think that works to its advantage 
And I, I think that is what is ultimately going to carry this series forward. I, I thought this was a good starting off point, honestly. I, I think you have uh, Henry Cavill as Geralt, who we are going to talk about a, a lot on this particular series, okay? Because I think he just embodies that character. I You look at Geralt and Henry Cavill, and you're like, well, that's just that's a match made in heaven, honestly. Like They're one and the same. It's almost kind of like Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Or Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I think both of those are like matches made in heaven. I would never be able to picture someone else as those characters. And that goes for Henry Cavill as Geralt. I, I think he just... It, it was it was a perfect match, honestly. I think he's he's got the looks. He's got... Guys, when he takes off... He doesn't take a shirt off in this episode, uh, from what I remember. But he does in subsequent episodes. And my god. Look, there is like a... There is a list of guys that looked the best in movies. Uh, Brad Pitt and Troy, numero uno. I think just in terms of movies or TV shows, Henry Cavill's got to be like number two. Honestly, has to be like number two best looking dude in a a movie or TV show, whatever. Uh, Yeah, that's that's a hill worth dying on for me. But just disregarding how he looks the part, I think he does a... In this particular episode now, he does a good job of kind of showcasing Geralt's personality and his traits and kind of the the beginning of an arc, okay? I I think he does a great job of doing that in this particular episode. I think there's like little moments here or there where I don't think it's Henry Cavill and his performance. I I think it's the the writing, the dialogue that really kind of just sets me me off a little bit. I'm like, "Uh, I don't know. That was kind of cheesy. That didn't really look right. But that's also just kind of bouncing off of that. I, I think that's one of the detriments, not the detriments, but it's like a, a, a minor critique of it, of this first episode, is some of the writing. It, it just feels super cheesy. Uh, it's almost kind of like B-rated type dialogue. But then you also have some scenes that just aren't executed very well. It's like, this scene would be so good, but it just looks bad. And... That is ultimately what holds this episode back for me is kind of that dialogue and just some of the the lesser moments through throughout the episode. I think pacing is a is a big thing over these first three episodes, and I think that's one of the things it kind of lacks. Right in the middle of this episode, it kind of slows down to a crawl, and that's not saying that there's not anything interesting going on. It just feels rather slow. Like, I'm telling you, these first two episodes, I was going through them, and I was kind of just falling asleep. Not not necessarily the first episode, and when I get into the second episode, I'll, I'll get into that. But the pacing just felt a little bit off uh, for me uh, in the middle of this episode. But I love the little quips that uh, Geralt has. He just embodies that character to me. And when you play the games, and then you read a little bit of the books, and then you watch this show, you're like, dude, they nailed it, Okay. He just randomly drops F-words. Awesome. I love that. I love just guys just randomly dropping F-words. And just a little quips. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a smartass. He's a, he's a dick, you know? And I think Henry Cavill embodies that very, very well uh, throughout this first episode. And not only that, he sounds like The Witcher. He sounds like the, uh, the, the voice actor from The Witcher 3. Like, just like the enunciation of, of certain words and whatnot is like, that dude, I'm pretty sure that was the guy from the game. Like, that's almost kind of like a one-to-one copy from the game, almost. 
And then as far as like other performances, I really like Renfrey's uh, performance. I thought she did a great job uh, in this particular episode. And she, honestly, her and Geralt really carried this episode forward for me. I mean, you have Siri kind of in the background kind of doing her own thing. And it's just like, yeah, but can we get back to Geralt? Huh? And Renfrey, like that was way more interesting. And that's kind of when things kind of slowed down to a crawl for me is when we started focusing on Siri. It's like, I don't really care. I mean, I care about Siri, but the situation that she's in, I don't really care about that yet. So it's just, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel good to me. Shout out. Because you have the queen and anything with the queen in it, I'm just, I'm rolling my eyes the entire time. I'm like, this is not really that great of a performance from her. I don't really believe or care about this storyline. And then they have like a little war sequence. It's almost kind of like Braveheart where they're all like on two sides and the armies clash together and have their little their little fight. Guys, it looks terrible. It's a terrible sequence. I absolutely hated anything to do with that war sequence. I thought it was poorly acted. Uh, it was just not executed very well at all. It just it looked super low budget compared to the rest of the to, of the episode, just paled in comparison, and that's really the biggest issue that I have with this first episode is all the stuff with Siri, and I don't know going forward. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna save it because no sp- future spoilers for the next two episodes. Uh, one of the things I absolutely love about this particular episode is the sword fight sequence at the very end. It is some of the best action in any TV show ever. I absolutely love that sword fight sequence, and from the sound of it, it is a fan favorite. Like, I think some of the the sword fighting, like them moving with the swords, the movements, the choreography, is just absolutely spectacular. It, it, it really is some of the best sword fights in any type of media ever. And then the last thing that I want to mention about uh, episode one before we move on to episode two is you will notice, and it's small little tidbits, they don't tell you. Uh, if you have not watched episode one, there are different timelines, and eventually there will be three different timelines that you're trying to follow along with, uh, and it starts in episode two. But episode one, you have two different timelines, and they don't really tell you about it. It's something that you just pick up on, and I will kind of go into it in a little bit more detail in episode three, but just know there are different timelines right here. Siri discusses Kalantha won her first battle that took place years prior, but Renfri explains to Geralt about her recent first victory. So just kind of keep that in the back of your mind uh, as we move forward through these these episodes. And then one last thing. One last I know I said one last thing a second ago, but really really one last thing. I thought they did a great job. And when I say great job, I mean a fantastic job of kind of implementing some game-like features into this particular episode. Because in the game, you have you have these side quests that have implications further in the game. You could do a side quest with this guy, and then you go down the road hours later, and you either can't do a side quest like this, or you've either pissed somebody off, and they're trying to, they're trying to gank you in, in another side quest, you know? And I think they do a great job of kind of showing that in this first episode. You know, they even make it known. You made a choice, and you'll never know if it's right. And that is a huge part of The Witcher 3. You'll make a choice, and you'll never know if it was the right or the wrong one, mainly because, well, you don't know what the other option would have presented to you. So I thought they did a great job of kind of implementing both book and game into this first episode. Now, moving on to episode two, which is 
four marks. In 1206, Hunchback Yennefer from Vingerberg of Adern is sold to Tessaia by her father. She is taken to Eratusa for training in magic, but finds the practice difficult. She forms a friendship with Istrid, even revealing her quarter-elf heritage, which caused her deformity. Unbeknownst to either, Tessaia and Stregobor were using Yennefer and Estrid, respectively, to spy on each other. Later, Yennefer witnesses Tessaia turning three students into eels to act as conduits powering Eratusa with magic. In 1240, Geralt is hired to investigate grain thefts in Posada and is uh, followed by dandelion uh they encounter a sylvan named torque who knocks them unconscious and takes them to his mountain cave there Geralt meets philvandrel and uh, the elven king and urges he lead his people to better lands after being banished by the humans instead of killing them uh he frees Geralt and dandelion taking the witcher's words to heart in 1263 Siri encounters Dara, a boy in the woods, who guides her to a refugee camp. Uh, Dara returns to save her when the camp is attacked by uh, Novgardian forces. Uh, she later realizes Dara is an elf, and this is based on the edge of the world from The Last Wish. So I don't want to spend too much time talking about Episode 2, mainly because I want to get to Episode 3. But Episode 2 is definitely... I just, I, I wasn't a huge fan of it. Like, it, it's a good episode, but it's so slow, it's so lore-heavy that it really, really drags that, that episode down. It is the intro of contracts and negotiation to pay, which is in the games and in the books and all that. I mean, he even goes, oh, I'll give you 100 uh, coin for it. Eh, I'll do it for 150. And, I mean, that's what you do in the games. And it's, it's a lot of fun to kind of try to game, see where that balance is of, hey, is this too much or not enough or whatever, you know? So they introduce that. We have the introduction of the relationship of Dandelion and Geralt. Uh, really like that banter between them. And then we also have the origin episode, the introduction of Yennefer, who is that deformed hunchback uh, girl from the recap that I had mentioned a minute ago. Uh, so we get that origin, and I think with all of that going on, we also get the stuff with Siri. and, up to, I mean, I even mentioned a minute ago about Siri. Wasn't a huge fan of that in episode one. It's not really any better in, in this episode either. So at this point, the whole storyline with Siri is just, it's kind of just DOA for me. Like, I don't really care about that storyline whatsoever. I kind of just want to get back to Geralt and his adventures, and... With them introducing Dandelion in this episode, I love that banter. I would just give me more of that. You know, I, I really just do not care anything about Siri at this point. And I really hope that changes. And guys, and just a little disclaimer, I have seen season one before. I saw it when it first came out, and I really liked the entire season. But I wanted to kind of go into it with a with an open mind now and kind of see it for what it is and try to review it more critically prior to watching season two, which I have not seen. So that's mainly why we're visiting uh, this, this season again. And then one last thing that I really liked about this episode is the introduction of the uh, of Tessaia. The actress did a phenomenal job in this role. I kind of hate Tessaia, but I also kind of like her because she's doing it. She's doing all this stuff on purpose. So she's being a real dick to uh to Yennefer but it's for a purpose she's trying to push her she's trying to get her to showcase 
all of her abilities and reach her full potential. So she's not just being like a dick to be a dick, you know? She's not being a, a quote-unquote villain or anything like that. She's just doing it to, to get the most out of Yennefer. And I, I think she has done a phenomenal job with acting in this particular episode. And I, I don't foresee that changing, but she was... She was great in this episode, honestly. And I, I'm really enjoying that character relationship between them two. And I'm definitely on board to, to visit more of that relationship uh, as we go through these these episodes. But overall, it, it's, it's mainly the lore that really just drags this episode down. In episode one, I said the, the thing that helped it the most was they kind of just eased everybody on into it. I mean, you can't expect everybody to know everything about The Witcher from the books or the games. And I thought they did a great job of, of kind of doing that in episode one. Episode two, exact opposite of the spectrum. I thought they did a terrible job of kind of doing this because it just feels like ep- exposition dumps. If it feels like they're just talking the entire episode. It feels like an, almost kind of like a DBZ episode, like an anime episode where they're all like hanging in the air and they're just talking about their past and whatnot. And it's like, okay, y'all aren't just really doing anything. You're just r- literally just standing there and you're just monologuing. And that's kind of what this episode feels like. And it it really, really drags the episode down. I almost fell asleep during this episode. This is definitely the worst out of the first two episodes. Uh, I gave episode one a 7.5, and I'm going to give episode two a 7 out of 10. And the only thing that really kind of brings this episode up for me a little bit is that storyline with Yennefer. If Yennefer hadn't been in this episode or they didn't do such a great job of of her acting, of Yennefer, the, the actress that plays Yennefer, if it wasn't for her acting, for Tessaia's acting, and them actually developing that relationship and really building that that storyline between them two, I don't think this episode would have been good whatsoever. Because even the stuff with Geralt, that whole storyline that they're going with, that B-plot, I just didn't care, honestly. I was more interested in the banter between him and Dandelion. I didn't really give a shit what they were even doing, honestly. So, episode two... Ah, just missed the mark for me. Just missed the mark. And then moving on to episode three, which is the final episode uh, of this particular review, and that is Betrayer Moon. It is based on the Witcher from The Last Wish. In 1210, Yennefer and Estrid become lovers while finishing their training. While Yennefer has the chance to transform her body into her ideal image during graduation, the Brotherhood of Sorcerers discussed the allocation of their newly initiated to their respective kingdoms. Uh, through Stregobor's scheming, Guinevere is assigned to Nilfgaard instead of her preferred Adern due to her elven blood. Guinevere angrily breaks off her relationship with Estrid, knowing only he could have told Stregobor about her heritage. Having missed graduation, Yennefer undergoes the painful transformation to be beautiful at the cost of her fertility. With her new body, Yennefer charms Adern's king, uh, Verferil, into taking her as advisor, sending Frangilla to Nilfgaard instead. In 1243, Geralt enters the kingdom of Temeria to investigate a monster assisted by Triss Marigold, King Foltes's sorceress advisor. He identifies the monster as a Striga, a creature born from a curse he later discovers was placed by Ostrit, who learned about the affair between Foltis and his sister, Princess 
Ada. Using Ostrich as bait, Geralt battles to contain the Striga until dawn, which lifts the curse. And in 1263, uh, Ciri enters a dense forest in a trance as Dara follows to hell. And that's kind of the, the main gist of what Ciri is doing. Because again, episode 3, I still don't care what's going on with Ciri and her, her storyline. Now, I will say this. I will say this. That this episode in particular is better than the first two episodes as far as developing Siri. I, I was definitely more invested in it, but like they gotta do a lot of they gotta do a lot of uh, heavy lifting to kind of improve that storyline for me. Guys, this is so far the best episode. This episode was was phenomenal, honestly. I really, really, really love this episode. Now granted a lot of it is kind of carried by Yennefer and Geralt and their storylines and I, I wasn't I didn't plan on this originally. Episode one, two, and three kind of complete this first little arc, this first little part of the story of season one. And I definitely did not plan on that. But guys, the intro to this episode is infinitely more interesting than anything that happened in episode two. And they do kind of set up this like monster of the week kind of scenario, but I think they do it very, very effectively. I mean was it supernatural kind of did it every single week where it was a monster of the week but they kind of surrounded every episode with an over overlaying uh storyline that connected throughout the season and they do the same thing here and i I thought they did a great job of kind of doing that monster of the week thing and doing it effectively i mean they even threw in some horror themes in here and it felt kind of like when when it was Geralt versus Astriga, it felt almost like kind of like a like a universal monster movie almost. And I I dug the hell out of it honestly, really 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 loved that. And I dig the whole the mystery storyline behind behind the uh, the actual Striga and him trying to figure out who actually is the Striga, who uh, was the father, and who made the curse on them. And it's just this slow developing storyline that goes throughout the entire episode that I really, really appreciate it. And I also love the development of Yennefer at this point. She's born with that hunchback. She's She's been mentally and physically abused all of her life for her looks. She even goes so far as to try killing herself in episode two. So, I mean, they put her at her lowest point. And, I mean, she's ready to die because of it. But this is the episode where we kind of see her, her transformation. And I, I mean that literally and figuratively because literally she does transform figuratively she's she's kind of completing that initial arc of her character where she wants to be better she wants to be more powerful she wants to be beautiful and at the end of the episode she becomes both of those things through a transformation uh she doesn't want to serve man and holding a dustpan for the rest of her life she wants to make a a name for herself she wants people to bow to her basically and she wants the beauty and the power, and she's willing to go through torture to get it, and even infertility as well. Like she will do anything to finally get people to see her, uh, her beauty and her power for what it is, and not just the hunchback, deformed look that she always has. And I gotta say, the 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 looks for for what this character is in this in this uh, show, when she's the hunchback, like. I think it's, I don't know what they did to kind of make her look like that. I don't know if it's like makeup and prosthetics and whatnot. I'm assuming that's what it is. But it looks fantastic. Like, they got to get some kind of award for like costume design or or something, you know. 
And then you get the transformation, which is a phenomenal scene. I thought the CGI and the the, the cinematography and all of that of those of that scene was just fantastic. And then she comes out of the gates in the ball, and it's just like, bruh, like the the stark contrast between the hunchback Jennifer and now the more powerful, more beautiful Jennifer is it's, it's kind of incredible, honestly. Someone just really deserves an award for that. So I do want to discuss one thing that I noticed at the end of this particular episode. And that is the alternating scenes between Yennefer's body transformation and the, the Striga's transformation. They did this juxtaposition uh, between the two, and they were they were kind of like simultaneously going back and forth between these two particular uh, moments. The Geralt was trying to save the Striga and trying to transform her to her original body and lift the curse. While at the same time, you got Yennefer, who is transforming from her hunchback body to the more beautiful, more powerful Yennefer that we see in subsequent episodes. So I thought they did a great job of kind of showing the like similarities, but also kind of contrasting a little bit uh, between the two different two different characters. I mean, like I said, Yennefer is going through torture to become beautiful and, and powerful, uh, while the Striga is being beat down by Geralt in an attempt to cure her of her curse uh, to become normal and beautiful again. Uh, their bodies are even laying on the ground in the exact same position when when they're done transforming. I just thought those two scenes back to back, kind of going back and forth between them, uh, the way they did the editing of that was just fantastic, honestly. And it's some of the best editing that I've seen up to this point in the first three episodes. And then speaking of the Striga, guys, up to this point, it is the best damn looking thing on this entire entire show. Out of the first three episodes, the Striga outside of Henry Cavill and his man bod and Yennefer, I think the Striga looks the best out of anything other than those two things in the first three episodes. I thought the the design, the prosthetics, I mean, it looks real. It also has like this grotesque look to it. It's slimy looking. It's just, it looks all wet. Shout out. So I think it's one of the best looking designs in the series up to this point. Uh, and I kind of hope, I don't, like I said earlier, I don't really remember uh, some of the other monsters in the subsequent episodes, but I kind of hope it continues with the whole uh, practical effects rather than the CGI, which was the first thing that happened in the first episode. We see a CGI monster, and it was like, like eh, like, it's good looking, but it's really not at the same time. Like, I know that's fake because the CGI is just, it didn't age very well, but it's also kind of cool at the same time. So the Striga looks fantastic in this, and I kind of hope it uh, continues with that as I move through the, the series. Now, one thing, the last thing that I want to mention with this particular episode is I did not catch the first time that I watched this, and maybe it's because I know about it now and I'm kind of paying attention, but they actually mention the timelines here. And it, it's a little bit more specific because you got the storyline with Geralt, with Foltest, who is the king, and you got the Eretuzin ball with the young kids there, and that is Foltest and his sister as young kids. So that is kind of where our storylines are at. We have Yennefer, who is in the, the furthest past, I guess you could say like that. She, she is in the early years. We'll, we'll go with that. And then you have Geralt, 
who is years later, and then you have Siri, who is years past that point. So those are those three timelines that are eventually going to converge together. Uh, so that was probably the most confusing thing about the first three episodes, is they don't do a very good job of telling you, hey, uh, this is at this point, this is at that point. I mean, I know I had like dates in there and whatnot, but I didn't know that without looking it up, to be honest with you. So I think that is the biggest, biggest uh, critique of the first three episodes, other than some of the writing and then the episode two being just kind of flat boring with the exposition dumps and, and the lore building and whatnot. Maybe the rest of the season doesn't work without episode two. I don't really know. I guess we'll find out with uh, subsequent watches. But their way of kind of telling you this is three separate timelines is is just very bad, honestly. It's It was poorly executed, and I think they could have done it so much better. Like, throw some big screen, like, dates on there or something like that to let us know, hey, this storyline is in the past, this one's in the future, this one's kind of in the present. Honestly, I probably should have said that earlier. That would have been a way much, that would have been a way better way to describe that to y'all than the way I described it, but whatever, okay? Too late now, can't fix it. I gave episode three a nine out of 10. I absolutely loved episode three. And I think I would be shocked if this is not one of the best, if not the best episode out of the uh, out of the, the first season. Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. It kept me invested the entire time. I wasn't looking at my watch. I wasn't playing on my phone or anything like that. I was invested in the story. And I thought they did a great job of, of kind of converging all three timelines. This is the best that they have done up to this point. Uh, but yeah, Siri, I'm still not sold on the storyline and, and whatever she's going through. But thankfully, the storylines of Geralt and Yennefer are really, really carrying the weight of the series so far. So I'm definitely interested in and excited to go to episode four, five, and six, which is going to be my next review. So if you're listening to this and you want to kind of follow along with me, go ahead and watch it four, five, and six. And then we will be back next week to review those episodes. And we're going to kind of do the same thing that we just did right now. Uh, but yeah, guys, I'm, I'm enjoying doing something different and I hope y'all enjoying it as well. If you have any critiques, you have anything you want to change about these particular episodes, then send me an email to gamepodcast at gmail.com or, or you can comment on Facebook or go to patreon.com slash two game join. And then you get access to our discord channel and you can let me know in there. Uh, but I appreciate y'all joining me for this lengthy review of episode one, two, and three of the Witcher Season 1. I appreciate y'all stopping by. I will catch y'all next week on another episode. Laters.